You're listening to Messages from the Middle. I'm Wendy Parrish. This is episode number 47, Outside In, the integral link between physical health and mental well-being. Let's go. Have you noticed that people don't usually share their struggles until they're over? It's not until they've defeated their dragon and marched victoriously home that they share their story. Well, I'm not one of those people. My name is Wendy Parrish, and I am in the middle of my story. From the middle, I've learned a few things, and I would like to bring you into my story. This is the good, the struggle, the light, the dark, and the lessons learned. This is Messages from the Middle. Hello, and welcome to Messages from the Middle. This week's episode is inspired by how things have been going for me over the last week. Um, my physical health hasn't been great. I I get migraines and they kind of floor me. Um, usually, you know, it's a lot of pain and lots of fatigue and usually lead to nausea. And so I just, it's been really, really challenging for me to get things done that I want to get done. And when I don't get things done that I want to do, then I don't feel great um, emotionally. And I will judge myself for getting the migraines. I feel like it's my fault. How, why does this happen to me? Lots of the blame situation happening. And then I don't get the exercise that I love and I want eating food is a challenge because of the nausea. Generally, this is such a random thing. And I think this comes from pregnancy. The only thing that sounds good to me is honey nut checks. That's like the only thing that tastes good when I'm not feeling well. So I have to keep them stocked in case I do end up with a migraine. And living off honey nut checks tends to not make my body feel great. And it's a whole cyclical situation. And so it just inspired this podcast episode where I just wanted to talk about how important our physical health is to our mental health. And I want to start with that caveat. A lot of people, and I'm going to say this about my migraines, things happen to our physical health that we do not have control over. And that being said, maybe I do. Maybe I do have more control over why my migraines are happening. Maybe it's something in my diet. Maybe there's some, you know, physical activity that I can do to remedy these migraines. And I guess if you know those things, you are more than welcome to tell me. But in general, it's it's sleep and rest and time. That's the only way that I can really get rid of my migraines. And I don't really know what's triggering them. There's not a food that I've managed to find that triggers them. There's not one activity that I've noticed that brings them on. They just happen. But I just want to say, when I talk about these things, I completely understand that if you have some physical ailment that you do not have control over. It's just going to happen. We'll talk about this more at the end, but really that's when you need to give yourself self-love and compassion and understanding. And then there needs to be a way to implement strategies to manage your mind around this physical illness so that you do not let the physical illness pull you down. And I use that imagery, to me, it's very literal. When I'm feeling this way, I literally feel like there is a black, it's not a rope, there's something tangible that 
I can, I feel it being pulled down. I feel it just pulling away from me and going down and down and down. And obviously that is an imagery for how my emotional state, how my mental state feels. And it's not great. So like I said, we'll talk about that a little bit more, but I want to start this episode out by talking about that because again, I know, and especially uh, women around my age, there tends to be a lot of autoimmune. There tends to be just things that have happened after you live a certain number of years that just start to physically affect you. And it makes it very challenging to function in a world that not only requires us to function, but we want to function. And many of us want to function at a very high level. And it feels like just when we start to gain some motiv- some momentum, we just get knocked down. Okay, so let's delve into this topic. Let's talk about the connection between our physical health and our mental well-being. We're going to talk about how our bodies and our minds dance in this beautiful harmonic dance, which is weird. Maybe I should have said harmonic song. And then sometimes there's disharmony. So let's start by talking about how our physical health can be a guardian angel or a sneaky villain when it comes to our mental state. Our physical health and mental health are deeply connected. So imagine them like they are dance partners, each influencing the other. Research from institutions like um, the Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health, look at me citing references, has illuminated this intricate connection, highlighting how our bodies and our minds intertwine, intertwine, that was fun, in a delicate balance. Our physical health serves as the canvas upon which our emotional self paints its masterpiece. I just spent last weekend touring art museums in Los Angeles with my daughter. It was amazing and lovely and apparently inspired me (laughs) to use art analogies. So this means when our bodies are nourished, energized, and strong, our our emotional selves stand tall and fortified against the storms of life. Regular exercise not only strengthens our muscles, but it also releases endorphins those lovely neurotransmitters that lift our spirits and soothe our souls. Conversely, neglecting our physical health can cast a shadow over our mental well-being, leaving us vulnerable to the whims of stress, anxiety, and depression. A healthy, resilient body creates a safe vessel for our mental well-being. And I just want to throw in, um, since I am a person with ADHD and I'm gathering that quite a few of you that listen are either late diagnosed ADHD, suspect that you have ADHD, or, you know, it's somewhere in the realm of your life. Our bodies, like, they need to move. Do you, like, have, like, you know, a, a bouncy leg or a tick or just something like, are you always in motion? Our bodies need to move. It's like all this energy is built up inside of you. It literally, sometimes I feel like it's like that toddler that like is asked to sit still for a while. And then when they like are finally released, they just like start running around like crazy or I don't don't know. So when you feel that anxious, edgy kind of feeling, it's your body asking to move. And it doesn't mean you have to go like do a full big old, you know, CrossFit Orange Theory workout. A walk is magic. A walk outside is ideal. 
A walk on a treadmill works great. Cycling is great. Um, I recently started cycling again, just going to cycling classes, and it feels so good to get all of that energy out and moving. So just know that with ADHD, your body really is asking to move, and that has a lot to do with the dopamine dysregulation that ADHD actually is. It's actually a dopamine dysregulation, not an attention deficit dysregulation. It needs a new name. Okay, let's keep going. So our physical selves are the custodians of our emotional sanctuary. By nurturing our bodies with kindness and compassion, so when you go work out, you do that out of self-love, not out of self-hate, not out of hatred for your body. But you go to the gym because you are taking care of this vessel that contains everything that is your emotional health, spiritual health, all of those things. You're, you're nurturing and strengthening that vessel. So by nourishing it and taking care of it with kindness and compassion, we cultivate a fertile ground for emotional flourishing, where we develop resilience and serenity. It's so important to honor the connection between the body and the mind, recognizing that our physical health is not just a means to an end, but a cornerstone of our emotional vitality. So imagine you've just smashed some heart pumping workout session. Yep, right now we'll go to that you know hardcore workout session. You've got endorphins pumping, Those magical mind boosters are flooding your system and they leave you feeling better. Let me ask you this. Have you ever not wanted to do a workout and then you go to the gym, you get yourself, you know, to push play on whatever workout program. Trust me, I've worked out at home for years, Um, whatever it is that you're doing. And when it's done, you're like, I always feel better. And in general, I cannot think of a time that I have force myself to do a workout when I didn't want to, that I've been like, I am so glad I did that. Those endorphins that you get after that workout, that's the good stuff. Physical activity has a direct link to improve your mental health by reducing the symptoms of anxiety and depression. If you feel a little anxious, go move, jump around. If you feel very depressed and it's hard for you to move and you don't want to move, do something. That's when a walk, a serenity walk is what I've heard somebody call it, is so good for you. It just helps you get yourself to change your state. So on the opposite end of the spectrum, imagine that you're just surviving on a diet of fast food and energy drinks, and you barely get any sleep, and your body is just shouting for help. And guess who's listening? Your mind is listening. Your mind is listening in the form of increased stress, irritability, and even cognitive decline. Poor physical health can act as a dark cloud over your mental landscape, and it casts shadows of gloom and exhaustion on your life. So let's talk about some strategies and ways that you can boost your physical health and in turn, give your mental health a a little hug. So exercise, sweat it out, put on your sneakers and get moving. Go for a walk. I've talked about this. When I was, I don't know, kind of not really knowing, but like feeling that need to like move and jump around. This is especially younger days and college age. 
when I just needed to move, but I was so busy and didn't have a gym membership, me and my roommates would have dance parties. And like, I think I probably sweat more at dance parties than like a workout. So like turn on music and dance like nobody's watching or even more fun, grab your kids. I love having dance parties with my girls. It's so much fun. So have a dance party in your living room, go to the gym. It's also sometimes the hidden benefit that you get out of your home and you see people and and make some friends and gain some connection. Regular exercise is kind of like a magical potion for your mental clarity and emotional resilience. And you get bonus points if you go outside and you see the sunshine. Again, remember where I've talked about the bilateral stimulation you get with your eyes as you walk outside and your eyes are tracking. And again, if you join a group class, you just, you know, you might meet some people. I told you I recently joined a cycling um, cycling gym. I don't know what to call it. Cycling studio. There it is. And I made a point to make sure that I at least talked to the instructor and like one other person in the class. Am I going to leave this class with like the best friends I've ever made? No, but I'm like talking to people, which I have not been doing a very good job of lately. So next, it's really important to fuel your body. So it's almost Formula One season. If I haven't snuck that one in yet either, yes, I have very weird things that I like and become obsessed with. And one of those right now is Formula One racing. So imagine you are one of those super fancy race cars. I can promise you that when it comes to those beautiful cars, they are not dumping garbage gas into those cars, garbage fuel into those cars. They're using the very, very best. And after they fill up the car with gas, they are then not dumping a bunch of extra gas in the cockpit. And I know they don't have a trunk, but let's pretend they do. They're not dumping a bunch of extra gas in the trunk. They are just putting the exact amount of fuel that these cars need to run at the optimum speed and efficiency. You are the same. You want to nourish your body with top the high quality nourishing whole foods, nutrient rich foods that enrich your body and mind. And you don't need to bu- dump a bunch of extra like in the trunk. <laughs> that sounds so like you know what I mean. You know what I mean, right? You don't need to dump a bunch of extra. You can nourish your body with exactly what it needs. But the good news is for women and women of my age, a lot of times that's more than you think. It feels like the women around my age don't think that they need less is more. They don't need to eat very much food. If you were to ever take a moment and calculate your calories and your macros, you might be surprised to find out that you are not eating enough, and that might be part of the problem. So when you're thinking about foods, first of all, I want to say it's you can find whatever diet works for you. And I am using the word diet. Diet only refers to a way of eating. It doesn't necessarily refer to eating to lose weight. I think that that needs to be made clear. It actually just refers to a way of eating. So if vegan works for you and it makes you feel great, then do it. If keto's your jam, go nuts. If you find what works for you and what feels good in your body, it doesn't mean that the way you're eating is wrong or the way somebody else is eating is wrong. You find what works for you. But you still want to think 
of colorful veggies, lean proteins, healthy fats, things that keep your energy levels steady and your blood sugar levels steady, which in turn will keep your mood steady. I have a friend who is a um, nutritionist, what is it, registered dietitian, and she said, think of foods, something that you could see in a farm, a field, or an ocean, lake, river, like that kind of a thing. Um, She says that's kind of the way that she teaches it to kids, but it definitely works for adults. If it works for kids, it works for us, right? Okay, next is sleep. I know young mothers, hey, I know women close to my age, sleep is like elusive and it's hard and trying to figure out sleep sometimes is like trying to figure out quantum physics. There's a lot of advice out there from different people about sleep hygiene Um, I'll sum up the things that I have learned that I have found to be very helpful. So getting sunlight in your eyes within like a half hour of waking. And the ideal is like 10 minutes. If it's sunny outside, maybe more. You need to be probably outside more like 20 minutes if it's cloudy. This is why a morning walk is great. Now, it was 14 degrees today. That was a bit of a struggle for me. Um, Okay, I'm not even gonna lie. Between the migraine and the freezing cold, I did not go for a walk, Um, but you should do that. (laughs) I understand if it can't always happen. Another thing that has been very helpful is to start to wind down an hour or two before you want to go to sleep. So that looks like maybe turning off the TV, lowering the lights in the house, which usually isn't much of a problem around here because none of us can handle overhead lights. Wearing blue blocker glasses um, for about an hour or two before bed is really helpful. Um, and these are like the like orange blue blocker glasses, not necessarily the ones that you can buy that don't make everything orange. You can that just help for screens, which those are great too. And then, yeah, like I said, just start winding down. One thing too that I have found to be very helpful, and this is just me, there, I don't know if there's any science about this, but my husband and I like to watch TV before we go to bed. It's like, it's just, I don't know, to us, that's kind of a wind down. My brain is busy watching TV, gives my brain a bit of a break. The blue blocker glasses are very great for this. But the other thing that I was finding is we'd watch TV and then I was just like so tired, I just wanted to fall asleep. So before I get into bed for less to watch TV or whatever it is, do all of my pre-bed things, take my pills, wash my face, like all the things that you want to do. So then after the TV's off, I can just go to bed. Sometimes that act of like getting up, washing my face and everything kind of wakes me back up again. So what do you do to help you sleep? What kind of things are you doing? Um, Another bit of advice I heard, especially for people with racing minds, um, I have a, again, it's a a blue light um, book light some people have like their racing mind and it will wake them up. So keeping a notepad by your bed, don't turn on the lights or anything. You can just turn on that like semi-bright light and write it down. Just start writing down the things. And sometimes that gets it off of your mind onto the paper and helps you to sleep. But let me just say, prioritize sleep. A lot of times you hear things like, I'll sleep when I'm dead or who needs sleep. And maybe you don't. Some people can like do function great off four hours of sleep. But in general, you want to prioritize sleep and you want to get at least eight hours of sleep a night. Other things, you can just create a cozy sanctuary, make your bed a very inviting and comfortable place. 
nice, soft lights in a place that you really, really want to be. Trust me, if you get enough sleep, your mind will thank you and your body will thank you. You'll have less brain fog and maybe a sunnier disposition. Okay, so let's talk about ways to manage your mental state when you are sick. We can get all the exercise, sleep, eat the healthy foods, but we are human beings in the human world and we will get sick sometimes. When illness knocks at your door, rest and compassion are super important. In these moments of vulnerability, it's essential to cultivate self-compassion and resilience. Embrace rest as an act of self-love, not an act of laziness. Allow your body the time it needs to heal while practicing patience and acceptance. Have you ever tried to get up and move and do the things you want to do before you're ready, before you feel healed? In many cases, this might not knock you back. For me, I remember after my C-section, they said four to six weeks. At four weeks, I remember I put my babies in the stroller and I tried to go for, I think I just tried to go for a long walk. And it knocked me out for three more weeks, where if I'd maybe just like continued to rest, maybe just a little gentler movement, I could have been up and going in six weeks. Instead, it was more like eight, I believe. And this is a great time that you can lean on your support system. Maybe what you can do is give your kids a little bit more responsibility. Maybe they could use it. Maybe this is a great learning opportunity for them. My mother had some not so great pregnancies. I'm the second oldest, and I remember really clearly her last two pregnancies. And I remember my grandma taking me aside and saying, you're going to need to start helping out. (laughs) You should start doing the laundry. Now, when I think about it, I was pretty young, but I didn't feel like it. And I remember I started to do the laundry at the time. And you know what? I felt kind of awesome. Like, I still look back at it and I'm like, I helped. I was helpful. (laughs) And okay, maybe you don't have kids. I personally have older teens who are really never even around. My younger kids could help out a little bit and they do when they can. But I have kids who really aren't around and my husband works a lot too. So if I'm knocked out, things just aren't getting done. And that may be your situation. And that's okay. So maybe the kitchen is dirty and I've got great news for you. It will still be dirty when you start feeling better. So just take care of that later. If you feel well enough to take care of it now, that's awesome. But if you don't, give yourself the grace and compassion to just let the kitchen be what the kitchen is going to be. The laundry, it will always be there. All of these house messes, they're going to be there when you start feeling better and maybe it'll be a little bit more and double the work. I love how I said a little bit more. No, it's going to be double the work. But again, compassion is what you give yourself and your home and your life. When you're not feeling well, when you are down and out, this is the time to take care of yourself and find some comfort in small things like a good book or you can sit down and watch that show that you've always wanted to watch but have never really had time. It's a time to allow yourself to catch up on that sleep. Maybe you're sick because you need to catch up on that sleep. Just take the time that you need. 
You don't need to get moving before you're ready. Listen to your body. Give it what it needs. Give yourself compassion. And just even if you're disappointed that you're not doing the things you wanted to do, allow the disappointment and get back up and moving as soon as you're ready. So remember, the journey to optimal well-being, it's it's a lifetime endeavor. It's not a sprint. Embrace small, sustainable change and celebrate every victory along the way. If food is your struggle, change out one thing. Take out one thing, like, I don't know. Everybody always talks about like wanting to give up Diet Coke. I don't drink Diet Coke, but that's one that I hear a lot of times. People are like, I'm going to give up Diet Coke. It's Lent right now. And I hear people say, I'm, I'm, I use Lent as a verb, by the way. I'm Lenting Diet Coke. So like take that one thing out and then celebrate that you were able to make that one small change. Your body and your mind are connected. They're like two sides of the same coin. So take care of your body, take care of your mind. So let's raise some metaphorical dumbbells to the beautiful symbiosis of physical health and mental well-being. May we move, nourish, and rest with intention, knowing that each step towards vitality is a gift to our lives and to our souls. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope that everyone is surviving cold and flu season just fine and that you are taking care of your mind, body, and soul. If you've got a moment, I would really love it if you could leave a rating and review in iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts, or just share this episode with a friend. I sure appreciate you all. And I want you to know that you are loved and that you matter, no matter who you are or where you are in your story. We will see you next week. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me in the middle of my story. My theme music is White Linen by Asher Child. He's my kid. You can find all of his amazing music on all streaming platforms. And you know, it just wouldn't be a podcast if I didn't ask you to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. But seriously, it would really mean so much to me if you did. Thank you so much and see you next time.